Well, before we begin our Torah study tonight, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. I want to start tonight by looking at two passages from the Torah portion for this week. We're reading in Leviticus 10. So if you can turn there, that would be great. I always encourage people to turn. Um, and then also I encourage you to participate in the um, process that we go through in study. You can make comments. You can affirm things that you hear. You can copy and paste scriptures into the um, comment section of Facebook Live and just encourage one another. And, you know, some people um, don't find it so easy to turn to the scriptures. If you copy and paste the scriptures into the comments, it makes it easy now for those who are watching with us live and also for those who will watch later as well. So Leviticus chapter 10 verses 1 and 2 starts like this. Nadav and Avihu, sons of Aaron, Aaron, each took his censer, the ornamental incense burner, and they put fire in it. They laid incense on it and they offered strange fire or unauthorized fire before the Lord something neither the Lord nor Moses had ordered them to do. At that moment, fire came down from the presence of the Lord and consumed Nadav and Avihu so that they died there in the presence of the Lord. Now, the Hebrew uses this phrase, Eish Zerah, strange fire or unauthorized fire to describe what Nadav and Avihu did. It was strange, it was foreign, it was strange, meaning it was of another household or it was unacceptable and it was outside of the boundaries. It was outside of the community. It didn't belong, it wasn't something that the Lord wanted and he didn't receive it. Very serious. A few verses later, there's an additional instruction given to Aaron about alcoholic beverages and ministry. And you can turn to Leviticus 10 verses 8 or 9, or you can flip down if you're on a digital Bible. Leviticus 10, starting in verse 8, the Lord said to Aaron, don't drink any wine or other intoxicating liquor, neither you nor your sons with you, when you enter the tent of meeting so that you will not die. Now, this isn't a prohibition against drinking at any time, but when they're about to minister to the people. And it's also, I think, a pattern for us not to drink at Purim the way some Hasidic rabbis are teaching that you should drink even to the point of drunkenness um, at Purim or even on Arab Shabbat. It's created a real problem in the Jewish world. It's not our way for sure. And I think that this passage, among other things, is a lesson about boundaries and how even the priests of Israel had to show respect for boundaries. Now, I want to share with you some personal background so you can understand a little bit about 
how I read this, my family, the Levines, are from the tribe of Levi, Levi, like Moses and Aaron. We're Levites. We're not Kohanim. We're just Levites. And my Hebrew name reflects that. It's David ben Beryl Halevi, David, son of Beryl, the Levite. So for me, this story about Nadav and Avihu feels like it's part of my family history. Not the most pleasant part, but it helps me to set boundaries for myself. I don't want to get in trouble with the Lord the way Nadav and Avihu did. I'm sure you don't either. There are some details to this story, how Aaron saw his two sons die, and then he kept serving the Lord. It's hard for me to even imagine how difficult that would be at so many different levels. And then, as we just read, Aaron was told not to drink wine or other intoxicating drinks before he was serving in ministry. It's all very sobering, if you know what I mean. It helps us stay sober, but it explains something. Aaron is told he needs to be able to distinguish between the holy and the common, and between the clean and the unclean, so that, and the so that is really important, so that he can teach the people Israel. You see, if we can't make the right distinctions, we can't teach correctly. Our minds need to be shaped by what's good and what's honorable and by what's pleasing to God. And anything that gets in the way of that becomes a stumbling block and can actually create problems, not just for us, but for many others. What Aaron went through, as extraordinary as it was, reminds me that serving the Lord can be difficult. The life of faith for sure has borders and boundaries. The faithful life can be demanding. The life of service and ministry can be complicated. And it's important, I think, for all of us to know that life can be hard. Most of us tonight can verify that life is difficult. We know from experience. In fact, I'd like to encourage you, if you can verify it, then put that in the comments somehow. It's like, amen, or I can tell you for sure life can be difficult and it is challenging. It's, it's so important to know this and to not shrink from it. You see, the scriptures are really honest. They tell us that even though we have a joyful life and we have a blessed life, life is difficult. Life is challenging. We're not to pretend that's not true where to recognize it. And when we recognize it, something happens. When we recognize that life is difficult, life is complicated, it actually becomes useful to us because, and I want you to really grasp this, knowing this can be useful to us because it builds empathy and compassion in us so that we can be empathetic and compassionate towards others who are suffering. Remember, if, if you've suffered and you've learned about the difficulties of life and you've gone through even long-term suffering and difficulty, problems with health or problems with relationships or problems like 
war or, or problems in finances, whatever those problems may be, you've learned that not everything gets fixed quickly. And sometimes people think, oh, it's simple. It's simple, just do this one thing or another thing. But life is complicated. And you probably learned that yourself. You've learned the hard way that life is complicated. And I want to encourage you about that, knowing that life is complicated and having gone through complicated seasons of life, it means that you can be more useful in serving other people. Remember this, you can't give to others what you don't have yourself. If you've experienced life's difficulties, you can show compassion you can show mercy, you can show empathy to others who are going through it right now. And just as it helped Yeshua to experience the challenges of our human life, it can help you. And with that in mind, I wanna take a look at several scriptures about Yeshua. And this will help us understand his ministry, his priestly ministry, and how as Messiah, how important it was for the Lord to take on a human body and to live a life among us. We'll start in Hebrews 2, verse 17. And I'd like to ask some people if you could write in the comments right now, Hebrews 2, verse 17. And remember, one of the alternative names for Hebrews we could say is Messianics or Messianic Jews even, or Messianic believers. That would make it uh, more contemporary as a translation. Hebrews 2, verse 17. Therefore, he, the Lord, had to be made like his brothers in all things so that he might become a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation. That's a word you won't use every day, but we could use a familiar Hebrew word, a kapoor, an atoning sacrifice for the sins of the people. Here the scriptures say that, that the Lord, who is our high priest, who is Kohen Hagadol, had to become one of us he, so that he could be merciful and faithful as a high priest. He desired to close the gap, any distance of his own perception of our suffering. What a Lord that is. He made us in his image and he made us capable to learn from him, but he wanted to learn as well from our experience. Isaiah 63 verse 9, the prophet Isaiah from the Tanakh says much the same thing about this Messiah. It says, in all their affliction, he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his mercy, he redeemed them and he lifted them and he carried them all the days of old. In their affliction, he was afflicted. You see, the Lord has experienced the kind of suffering that you and I might experience. If you've experienced loss, if you've experienced danger, if you've experienced sorrows, 
take comfort in this. The Lord has too. He came down. He took on a human body in order to have this kind of experience himself. He did not cease to be God, but God inside of a human body could experience and perceive things differently than God just as spirit who has no uh, human experience. Hebrews 4.15 continues. So we'll go back to the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. You can put this as well in the uh, comment section. I'm, I'm always so encouraged when people take the time to do this. Hebrews 4.15, it's so useful for you to participate in this way. It also helps you get the scriptures in your heart and in your mind and to help you understand the continuity of the scriptures. For instance, we read about the high priest, Aaron. We read about the priestly family, the Kohanim. We read about the Levites, um, my folks, in the Tanakh. But you may not make a connection, but it's important to make a connection, to bring it forward. And the scriptures, the prophetic scriptures, and the scriptures of the Hadashah help bring it forward. But then you have to take it one more step. You have to embrace it for yourself. When you read the scriptures, say, you know, that's for me too. If you push the scriptures away or you say, this has nothing to do with me, you know what? You'll get nothing out of it like you could. You won't get nearly as much out of it. It's when you can read the scriptures and see yourself in them and take lessons for yourself and not just see the good guys and the bad guys, but to see ourselves. We have a mix of good and bad, don't we? We, we have our problems. And when we see others who are failing and others who are suffering and maybe more brave than we are or who have more endurance, both help us see ourselves even better. Hebrews 4.15, we do not have a Kohen Hagadol, a high priest, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, and yet he's without sin. Let's, let's put that in other words and rephrase it a little bit. We do have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. You see, this is an important detail. Messiah is Hagoel. He is the redeemer. But Goel in Hebrew means kinsman redeemer, a member of the family who rescues. He became one of us to save us as a kinsman redeemer. And that's a key to understanding Yeshua, the Messiah. The Lord came down from heaven. He took on a human body. He became like us. He became one of us. And he can sympathize with our weaknesses. He knows our struggles. He knows how difficult and challenging our lives can be. He's not indifferent. He's not in, unmoved in our afflictions, he is afflicted. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Yeshua so that we can keep learning 
to be more and more like him and to learn to serve in a way that brings his light and his goodness into this broken world. I think each one of us has personal experience that can verify that this world is broken. And we're not to be cynical about it. God wants us to become a priestly nation, not just a nation that has some priests or a priesthood, but he wants us all, Jew and Gentile, regardless of what your ethnic background is, regardless of your experience, there is a calling that we all have to be priestly the way Yeshua is. This is part of his messianic ministry. He is the perfect priest and he enables us. He calls us, he equips us, he prepares us. He gives us the perfect example. He gives us experience where we can learn through hard experience. We can learn to be empathetic. We can learn to be compassionate and merciful. The mercy he shows us when we're suffering can be so useful to help us show to other people in this broken world. Let's let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your empathy. We thank you for your sympathy. We thank you for your compassion and for your mercy. And Lord, we want to pray, help us to grow in all these qualities so that our service will reveal your goodness. This world is so broken. It's in so much trouble. It has so many needs. Use us, Lord, to serve this broken world with your compassionate mercy. We ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, in a moment, we're going to be closing with Aaron's blessing. But I just got to tell you, I was a little bit nervous about doing this tonight. I was even thinking maybe I should record it and then just, you know, play the recording. But I I felt that I should be live with you. You're watching live, uh, many of you, and I'm live here. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your understanding. Um, Thank you for standing with us and for standing with the congregation and standing with the Lord through these challenging times that we are all going through and which I have gone through and which Sandy has gone through. Would you consider standing with all of us financially, if this live stream is a blessing to you, if if our Messianic Jewish Teachings podcast has been a blessing, if our sanctuary services are a blessing to you, would you consider blessing our ministry? And would you consider also giving blessings and contributions above and beyond your ties or what's normal for you? And dedicating extra finances for the Ukraine fund, which enables us to bring continuing relief and support uh, to our mishpacha in, uh, in Ukraine, in Crimea, in all those areas affected by this terrible war. All the information is on that webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving. So we're gonna close with Aaron's blessing. Would you just join me? 
Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai panave lecha v'ichunecha Yisa Adonai panave lecha v'yasem lecha Shalom. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep watch over you and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. We pray this in the name of Yeshua, our high priest. So from Rebetzin, Sandy, and me, and the entire Beth Israel team, thanks for joining us. Hope you can join us tomorrow for the live stream Shabbat service, and also live from the sanctuary at Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue. Shabbat Shalom, Mishpacha.